Welcome back, everyone, to another Ride Along with Jeff and Colleen. Mm-hmm. And Colleen and I often talk about <clears throat> compiling a list of movies that we need to see before we die. Yes. And when I look through a lot of the lists I see online, we've actually seen a number of them. Yeah. I would say that we've, you know, on the list of the hundred movies you must see before you die, I, I'm pretty confident we've seen a pretty significant portion of them. I know there's a lot on there that we haven't seen, or maybe we've seen bits and pieces of. We probably know stuff about them, but I don't think I've ever seen some of them all the way through. But, you know, Colleen has exposed me to some. I've exposed yep. some to her. Oh, yeah. And the other night, there, there are some, sometimes... We dance around movies, and there's certain times we go, eh, we should see that. And then you just, you never do. Sure. And I'm trying to... Because you know what? I I find, sorry, I find the reason why we don't is because you have to be in the mood to see that, you know, that... Well, yeah, but I also think, I think we kind of go back to tried and true, and Uh I'm, I'm trying to break myself out of that. And especially yeah. for, like, TV shows. I mean, it, it's always easy to go back to the ones that you've watched a thousand times. Sure. So, and I've done that before. Right. Me too. So, the other night, I said, let's watch Casablanca. Yeah. And I've never seen it all the way through. So, we did. We, we, we started watching it, and it was, it was later in the evening... And <laughs> I knew that it was dangerous for me because I go to sleep earlier than most people. Uh-huh. And so... Sure, we are earlier than me. I tried, and I stayed awake for, for most of it. There is a little... Did you do Toward the off? middle. <gasps> Did you, you know, doze off? I, I, yeah, oh I, I closed my, my eyes a couple of times. Oh, my goodness. But, so, it was... When I, Humphrey Bogart... Uh, Ingrid Bergman. Ingrid Bergman. Claude Rains. Uh, Claude Rains. Peter Laurie. Peter Laurie. And right. what, <laughs> what 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 I thought was interesting about it is, you know, it's about uh, Casablanca uh, after the war. No, right during the beginning, the middle okay. of the war. Right. So it's nineteen. It's set in nineteen forty-one. Colleen December does help me with, with mm-hmm. that, this kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, it's supposed to be about a week before Pearl Harbor happened. So, it's December 2nd, 1941 is when it was set. And Pearl Harbor was December 7th, 1941. So, it starts off on that date. And, and it's very interesting because I didn't understand the full history of it and what was so important about it and why it was the way it was. And I'm sure there were some licenses and liberties taken, but... The point of the story is that it, Casablanca is it was a kind of a midway point, a safe zone, a neutral zone right. for refugees in World War II from the Nazi regime. Yeah, who could get to if they could get to Casablanca, the Nazis left them alone. Um, and then, in order to move around. And this is where the author took license and liberties. This did not actually happen. You had to have transit uh, papers of transit. That was kind of a plot point, plot device that didn't actually happen. But basically, it was in this in the story. If you had p- 
papers of transit, you could then move freely without being harassed in Europe. And the whole point was people were trying to get to Lisbon because Lisbon became the jumping off point to get to the United States to escape from Nazis. Right. So So that's kind of setting the stage for it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so there was the Cafe Americana. It was Rick's Cafe American. Right. Yeah. And um, Rick, Rick we know, is uh, Humphrey Bogart. He owned the bar. Yes. And his, there was another bar that was his competition, the Blue Blue Parrot. Mm Mm-hmm. Run by a guy named Ferrari, which is hilarious. Right. Sydney Green Street. Yes. Which the uh, Sydney Green Street character, from what I understand, was uh, part of the early discussion of Jabba the Hutt. As a matter of fact. Jabba the Hutt? Yeah. Yeah. You know, a large fellow, number one. And number two, the early, one of the early mocks. Mock-ups of uh, Jabba the Hutt mm-hmm. had a fez on it. Okay, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of yeah. an homage to that, and then yeah. they went in a different direction. Uh-huh. But uh, some of the, the the shots in the feel, and, and you felt like you've seen the movie before, even though I hadn't. Yeah. Because there are so many other movies that were influenced sure. by Casablanca. Sure. The the. Raiders of the Lost Ark, and there's so many other movies that that you've seen, and you go. So so when I when I watch it, I kept thinking I've seen this before, but I never have. So, um, but it was it was a very classically filmed movie because uh, Ingrid uh, Bergman shots were very soft focus. Uh huh. And everything else was very you know, crisper, and right. and it was just very, like I said, the, the lighting was really kind of well done, and the shadows they they used they, they used a lot of really interesting uh, tricks and lighting mm-hmm. things and, and all that. Mm-hmm. But uh, I I've seen a number of of uh, Humphrey Bogart films, but I've never seen him more tortured. Then in this film, and and I he really he really did a great job, and I, I watched a, a little making of, or there was a story where his wife at the time uh-huh. was so um, uh, jealous. She was jealous of Ingrid Bergman because oh, of their chemistry right. on on screen. Yeah, and uh, just really kept an eye on him oh. because. He, she yeah. kept such an eye on them that she would go in his dressing room before any time they would shoot just to remind him that she was his wife. Mm-hmm. And um, there was nothing going on between Humphrey and Ingrid. Nothing. Yeah. And but, but the chemistry was so palpable that she was so concerned that there was something going on. And she was convinced of it. And it, it drove Humphrey Bogart so just frustrated he got so frustrated about he would walk on a set and be just in a bad mood the whole time he was you know when he first got out there and then from what i understand he just kept away from ingrid bergman wouldn't talk to her unless they were shooting scenes together because he knew it just it was not worth getting into a fight with his wife over um there were a couple of other little things that i thought was really interesting the airplane at the end everybody's seen it is actually a cardboard standee 
of a plane because they couldn't film on actual on an actual tarmac after certain hours and so they filmed on a sound stage for some of it and there's a plane in the background that is mo that's a standee it's not even a real plane and they hired uh little people to be the crew to make it seem like it was a much bigger plane than it was when it was really not even a full-sized real plane um and then there's supposedly one of the other planes that they did use when they actually had a real airplane in the shots that plane is in the jungle cruise i believe at Walt Disney World, it's crashed yeah, in, the, in the jungle. Yeah, and and there, there's a story that there was the the real Casablanca plane. Half of it was on the Great Movie Ride, yes, which yes. I believe has been debunked. It's been debunked, it's, and that's it not true. Real. It was not real. Yeah, so. that's been it. That's the, but that was the you know that was the supposed you know right. mythology of it, right. and then. Uh, some other really fascinating oh i know what it was the other thing was um you know rick is playing um chess when you first see Mm. him when he first appears on screen he's playing chess and humphrey bogart was apparently a chess aficionado and was really good at it and he would play correspondence games which is where you write letters detailing your moves to someone they play write you back and detail what they've done and so you play chess through the mail basically so it can take a while and i guess he was doing these correspondence games and so the game that's being played when he's first on screen is an actual correspondence game that humphrey bogart was playing with someone that was a, a friend of his and would play the whole time they were filming i i love the fact that rick cared so much because when he bought the bar he brought all the the musical all the staff yeah he brought the staff he cared about all the staff yeah he did and and when he was leaving Mm -hmm. he made sure they were all taken care of yeah and um the music all except for one thing I'll get to. Uh, but I thought the music was great. There, there was all these tunes and, and melodies that you'll hear. And you go, oh, I know that song. Oh, mm-hmm. I know that song. Yeah. It was just really... Yeah. The music was very, very, uh, very specific to the scenes that they were, that it was played in. So, for example, there is a scene where Rick, it's a, a view of Rick and Ilsa's relationship, Inger Bergman's uh, relationship. And the song that's playing is Perfidia, which is about an illicit love affair, mm-hmm. which is what was happening when they were together. Um, there were so many things about the, the, you know, so many little bits of trivia about the movie that were fascinating to me. But um, the, the, the one thing I could not stand. What's that? About this movie. Mm-hmm. The, the female singer. Oh. Her voice was awful yeah it was not your favorite i could not sure. stand it the the yeah. woman that had the, the turban on her head? turban at, I, oh, yeah. no yeah. no uh, yeah. not 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 good yeah oh um that was the other thing i wanted to point out uh, most of the actors not not all but most of the actors uh aside from three people in the film which is humphrey bogart uh one of the the girl who plays a young bulgarian wife and another person, I forget who it was. They're the only three American-born 
actors in the film. Everybody else was born in different countries, different nationalities. And the, there were the folks who were playing the, the Nazis, and they were actually Jewish refugees in real life who escaped the Nazis in 1941. Mm. So for them, there was a, a, a scene where the Germans are in the bar singing, and there were the, uh, you know, the refugees or whatever that were singing Marseille, which is the French, um, national anthem. Yeah. The French national anthem. And when they were singing it, they started crying and it's because they were actually refugees from Nazi Germany escaped the Nazi regime. And for them, the emotion was real. It wasn't acting at all. They were legitimately, you know, crying because they knew how important this movie was. And yet at the same time, they kind of all just thought it was just another movie. Didn't realize how, how big it was going to be. Um, there were, it was fascinating that the, the head Nazi, the Captain Strasser, I think was his name or Colonel Strasser, whatever his name is. He was actually Jewish, a Jewish German who had escaped a concentration camp and had, uh, you know, just ama- amazing, amazing stories, uh, for some of the cast and crew. Um, it was very, it was a really good story. I thought it was really well done. I thought it was very interesting and it was one of those things where, you know, if you don't fully understand the history of it, it probably doesn't hold quite the same meaning. Um, and there were other little things uh, that I had to, at one point, I had to kind of look up because I was like, I'm not sure I understand what's happening. And that's how I understood the whole, why is Casablanca so important? And it's because of the fact that that was their kind of safe, neutral zone. Um there was a lot of things that I guess were kind of implied in the movie that were not straightforward, you know, uh, expressed. And they did that because they knew that the censors would have a problem if they flat out said it. So they implied things. And uh, that's how they were able to get around the, yeah. the, the uh, what was it, the moral whatever it is. There was a moral committee in yeah, Hollywood. A censor board or something like yeah, that. It was, yeah. Yeah, it, was, it was before the rating, you know, the, the current day system right. went into place, went into play, obviously, but, uh, but yeah. But it was, uh, it was well done. It, it was, it was well done. It wasn't a, uh, it wasn't a full-blown, action-packed movie. No, it was a drama. Very but it was it, it was good. I mean, it was a love story within that mm-hmm. uh, that that time period, and it, very you know important uh, and uh, tough time for you know a lot of people. Well, when you consider so. they actually filmed it during the actual, like they filmed it in 1942. So it wasn't like they, it wasn't like, you know, five, six, seven, ten years later. It was literally while this was still going on, they actually, you know, uh, they, they absolutely filmed it, you know, during the middle of all. And in fact, oh, here's another little tidbit for you. So in 1952, 54, 56, somewhere around there, when the movie was actually released in Germany, it was re kind of fabricated they edited out so much of it and kind of dubbed it over so that you know Ilse's husband was not a a resistance fighter against the Nazis he was a scientist that was making Mm. some sort of you know medicine or something that they you know their bomb I don't know what it was he was doing something that was like oh 
he's going to get in trouble for it. And it wasn't until like the 70s or 80s when they, or maybe 60s even, when they actually released the true version of Casablanca. So the Germans didn't see the original until, you know, decades after it happened because mm. they were worried about what kind of, um, you know, reception it was going to get. So. so, you know, and that's another thing is, you know, definitely if if you are, if you're born, you know, in the 80s uh, and you think that, you know, Back to the Future is the most incredible movie you've ever seen in your life, mm-hmm. I would ask that you would get a hold of some kind of a list of... Classic movies from all kinds of years, all kinds of genres, and really work through them, but also have Wikipedia or some other kind of thing handy. Google, man. To give you the full aspect of why Mm -hmm. this movie's important and and little kind of facts uh, along the way that you might not know. This scene was filmed and this was shown because of this. And then you go, oh, that's why. Well, I was wondering, you know, I didn't know. So, you know, because you're, you, the time in which you're born and you live, you know, you're obviously, you're soaking up all kinds of things. But, but you need to understand that there are centuries before and, and, and years before mm-hmm. where things are, are maybe more important. But, but you wouldn't really know. And so, you know, that's why watching these movies, getting the backstory, really kind of digging in and understanding it. You know, I mean, we didn't know all the kind of ins and outs of uh, Casablanca. So, yeah. Um, was, and don't let the don't let the fact that it's not technically uh, or technologically advanced like the movies we see today, like Avengers. You can't compare it to like an Avengers. You can't compare it to a, you know, like you said, if you think Back to the Future is amazing. Yeah, those movies though, at the time they were made, were considered very technologically advanced. And when you think of the time frame in which this movie was not only set but also when it was actually filmed. You know, we look at Gom- or Wizard of Oz, right. and we're like, oh, Technicolor. That doesn't seem like a big deal to us. They went from sepia tone to Technicolor. But that was a huge deal back in 1939. And the fact that their tornado looked like a tornado when it was truly right. a wind, you know, just a, a piece of cheesecloth, a sock. Right. That was, you know what I mean? So the, the fact that they were able to manufacture something without all the technological advances we have today, and they were able to make you believe and make audiences believe back then, especially that that was what was being really filmed and what happened. Well, I mean, that's, that, that's the kind of thing. Cause I know a lot of, you know, a lot of people don't want to watch old movies, black and white. It's not, they're not interesting. Some of the most amazing movies are in black and white. Yeah. And, uh, one, one more thing is that, you know, movies, current movies and movies in the last, I don't know, 20 or 30 years, whatever, when people make the, the wrong choice, it's kind of, oh, you know, let's move make a movie about that. Yeah. But Ilsa thought her husband had died. Yep. 
in a concentration camp. She was told he died. And and she didn't just so, believe. I mean, she believed it because she was right, told right, 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 right. Okay. So <laughs> when she fell in love with Rick, it was because she thought that you know she was a it widow. Yeah, right. And she didn't. She and, did, it and, wasn't that she didn't love her husband anymore. Right. right. She was doing. It was literally she didn't think she had a husband anymore. And and. She did the right thing in that when she found out that he yeah. was al- her husband was alive, yeah. then she told Rick, I, "This this cannot continue. I can't really tell you why. Don't ask me why. It just cannot continue." Yeah. And he never knew. He just thought, he "Man, she ashes. left me yeah. for whatever." Yeah. Yeah. But but what, what I'm getting at is sometimes they make the right decisions, but it's still full of drama and, and, and all that. And it's not, it, we're so used to people making the wrong decisions. Like, Oh, that's dramatic. But it, it's just, it, it's just interesting to really kind of think about the moral choices that these movies show, uh, and, and the ramifications of that. So yeah. I really, really recommend that you really kind of dig into, you know, these older movies, black and white, you know, see Seven Samurai. You've seen The Magnificent Seven. See Seven Samurai. I mean, you know, you know, you, you may have to read the the text at the bottom, but uh, yeah. get out, get out of your normal comfort zone. You know, there's nothing wrong with a, f- a good 4K Marvel movie. Nothing wrong with that. No, 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 nothing but, at all. It's amazing. But you know, go back to the movies that inspired. Things like, right. you know, Star Wars, things like Marvel, things like all that. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, you, you, you would be very surprised to say, wow, that was really, really something. So th- that's our recommendation. And um, uh, as we say, it's always better to ride along with friends. And we thank you so much for riding along with us. And until next time, it's Jeff and Colleen saying see you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.